Please turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Having finished our series, Being Eternal Minded, I want to go on and look at what I've entitled the high calling of God. It is a lifestyle that is to follow the revelation that we are more spirit than natural. Amen? Now, I know that this verse has been used for other things as well. We did a series on this before. And so, I, you know, I, I just, it's this thing that, that struck me. I'm going to read in Philippians chapter 3. Let's begin there. Verse 13. The Apostle Paul is writing and says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Listen now, very carefully. He says, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. We have to forget. We need to let go of things that are behind us. Our failures, whatever situations that we've had in the past, whatever you know, problems that we've had, even unforgiveness and so on and so forth, we, are, we just need to let go of those things. Today we're going to be talking about forgiving yourself. Okay, because that is one of the things that the Apostle Paul talks about in this verse. But we are going to go from there onto other things. All right, because really, I really want you to, I want to help you to live the high life in every area of your life. Not just forgiving yourself, but also coming against doubt, against fear. Against all of those things that would hold you back. There is a higher life. Amen? And so that's really what I want to talk about. So, but what I want to do is begin by looking at one of the direct applications of this verse. One of the things that this verse was talking about uh, when the Apostle Paul wrote this. And he says again, and we're going to see this in a minute. He says again, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Forget what, see, you can't just forget what's behind because then there's nothing ahead of you. You need to be reaching for something. And he says, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, verse 14, I press toward the goal. He didn't say, I'm kind of just sauntering towards the goal. <laughs> okay? He said, I press. That takes effort. He says, I press toward the goal. What is it? For the prize of the upward call, or the, in the other version it says, high calling. I really like that. For that high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want you to notice that it is in Christ Jesus. It's not just in yourself. Amen. And we need to be careful as well, because one of the things that the Apostle Paul talks about is not being, you know... Uh, dependent on yourself and looking to yourself what you can do you know and God says you, you're going to be doing this and we go how am I going to do that it's going to cost so much I'll have to work for the rest of my life hang on a second God didn't tell you to do all those things he said this is what you need to be doing this is what you're aiming for next let him do the work you know I always love I just love that example of you know the, the, the turning the water into wine isn't it wonderful that Jesus, all Jesus said was just fill the pots up with water. They had, see, they didn't have wine, but they did have water. What do you have? What is it that you have that God can turn into wine? Can I say it that way? Amen? So much of the time we look at what we don't have. We look at the end result and we say we can't get there. Hey, use what you have. It'll turn into wine. It'll work. Hallelujah. Anyway, let's continue. <laughs> so once again, I've said here there are several things that the Apostle Paul is referring to here and which we covered. 
which, as you remember, included his part in the death of Stephen. So I want to go look at that. Which, and, a, and a great many believers of Christ, in fact. And that's brought it in Acts chapter 7. Let's go there. I want to, I want to take you down for a minute and then bring you back up, okay? <laughs> I want to show you why he really had to forget and move on. Acts chapter 7, because people say, well, you don't know what I've done. Well, you don't know what he did. <laughs> and even if it's worse, it's okay. God is a forgiving God. Acts chapter 7, verse, uh, I want to start in verse 54. We should be starting probably at verse 1, but I can't. Okay, you'll be here forever. But <laughs> notice it's 54, all right? Verse 54. It, <laughs> it says, uh, I'm reading from the um, New Living Translation, so it may be different from what you're seeing up there. It says, the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation. That was that they had resisted the Holy Spirit and murdered their Messiah, pretty much. Okay? Of course they're mad. And they shook their fists in rage, verse 55. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, look at this guy. He's incredible. Gazed stead steadily uh, upward into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse 56, and he told them, look, I see the heavens open up and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse 57, then they put their hands over their ears and drowning out his voice with their shouts, they rushed at him. Verse 58, they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Are you getting a visual of this? This is not a nice scene. Okay, watch. The official witnesses took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. Verse 59. And as they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, don't, don't charge them with this sin. And with that he died. Verse 1, chapter 8. Saul was one of the official witnesses at the killing of Stephen. I read all of that to say what an incredible man of God Stephen was. I want you to notice he was full of the Holy Spirit. I want you to notice that he wasn't bitter against him. They're stoning him, and he's not bitter against them. I would have been a little bit. I'm just being honest. I would have probably said, get him, God. Use one of them lightning bolts. Show him who's God. I'm sorry. I haven't, I haven't uh, crucified my flesh this morning. <laughs> oh, come on, don't be all saintly toward me. Y'all know you'd have done the same thing, probably. Anyway, maybe some of you wouldn't, but I'm just telling you. I would have done that, okay? I just, uh, you know, hello, vengeance is mine, said the Lord, where is it? Come on now. Be honest. Oh, yeah, I don't want to come here with the halo, because nobody else has one. All right, <laughs> so I want you to notice something here. This incredible man of God... I believe was taken before his time. You read things about Stephen. I, I honestly believe there would have been a book of Stephen or something in there, something else, because of the incredible works he was doing. But I want you to notice, you know, I, Stephen could have been thinking that. He could have been thinking, this is not my time. I have so much more to do. Being honest now, okay? God, you really shouldn't let this be happening to me. You really should kill the guy off that's behind all of this. And we would have missed out about two-thirds of the New Testament. Isn't this incredible? Are you beginning to see something here? You know God honored Stephen in a very funny way. 
because of what Saul did to him, God got on the road and stuck, just got right in front of Saul and said to him, why are you persecuting me? Because if, I, if there is anybody <laughs> that showed Jesus, it was Stephen. Amen. You know, some other Christians, we don't know. But him, yes. And if, if for no other reason than to honor Stephen, I reckon God just turned up and said, stop this, basically to Saul. I mean, Saul had a choice there. I think if he didn't call him, if he didn't say out of his mouth, who are you, Lord? I think that would have been the end of Saul. It would have been very close. You know, I mean, Ananias and Sapphira got taken out. They lied to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay, anyway, I'm not saying it would have happened. I'm, this is me, okay? All right, so back to the word. Forget me. All right, back to the word. All right, so I want you to notice it says Saul was one of the official witnesses at the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles fled into Judea and Samaria. I want you to notice what's happened now. This began something, and everybody except the apostles... I just I almost wonder if they looked at each other and thought, are we going to? Probably shouldn't, huh? <laughs> you know? Can we be honest? Apostles were people too. They weren't these things in, like in the paintings with little circles over their heads. You know, they shouldn't put that stuff on there. Anyway, and verse 2, XA 2, some godly people came and buried Stephen with loud weeping. I'm sure they did. Would have been a very sad day. Verse 3, and I'm going to stop here. Watch this, Saul was going everywhere to devastate the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into jail. Wow. Can I just say this? Everything that we do that is outside of God, we, have, we will regret. I'm going to say it again. Everything that we do that is outside of God... What he desires for us, what he has instructed us to do, whether it's something general or whether it's something specific. You know, generally, he says, don't lie, don't steal, <laughs> okay? He doesn't have to come to you in a burning bush and say, now, in this occasion, don't steal. No, <laughs> okay? You just don't steal. Don't be rude, <laughs> okay? All of those things. You understand, general? Okay, and then there are specific things where he says, I want you to do this specifically. There might be little things. You know, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. You know, you know where that comes from, right? I, I'm realizing now that I should explain things because I don't know who all is watching. But that comes from the Old Testament. What used to happen is, you know, in the Old Testament, they used to, they used to put up fences to stop the big foxes from, from coming in. And so what would happen is the, they would stop the big foxes from getting into the grapevines, okay? The little foxes would burrow under, and then they would come. And because they can't get at the fruit, they would start digging up and cause the whole vine to fall over, and then they can get at the fruit. So while the foxes, the big ones, would just come and eat your fruit, the little ones would destroy your vines because that's the only way they could get at the thing. Okay, so that's where that comes from. So I want you to know something that it's those little things in our lives that God says, you've got to watch out because that's what they do. We think it's a little thing, but it burrows its way into our life. And then it comes and destroys everything and all kinds of things start falling apart. And how many times have you thought, oh, if I just went and if I just did that thing when God told me to, can you please do that instead of going, why God, why? 
I'm amazed at the way people forget what God told them to do to begin with, and then they have a problem, and suddenly it's like, why, God, why? I will guarantee you somewhere God was saying something to you. I'm very honest like that. You know, <laughs> if, I, if God tell me to do something and I didn't do it and I get in trouble, I let people know. I, God told me I didn't do it. I'm in trouble. I don't go, oh, see, we like to do this. We like to be the hero of our own story. We, we like to go and say, oh, I don't know why this is happening to me. God, why are you doing this to me? And we make him look bad and we want people to pity us and help us. Naughty. That's all I'm saying about it. All right. <laughs> be honest. You know, if you're honest, at least the next time when God talks to you, you'll acknowledge that. You'll know, okay, last time I didn't listen, all this happened. What are you telling me to do? I'll do it now. Hallelujah. That's dad's favorite three words. Do it now. Yeah, anyway. Okay. So, <laughs> I've said here, I've said here, we can only imagine the guilt, the shame, and the remorse that the Apostle Paul felt about all this after he accepted Christ. Not before, after. And realized what incredible harm he had done to all these people, all of whom were now his brothers and sisters in the Lord. How horrible would you feel? You're walking down the street and you go, oh, I got that guy's you know, parents dragged out. <laughs> Just cross the street and walk over here. Because you know that guy want to jump all over you. And you wouldn't blame him. You know, it'd be very difficult. And then you want to start preaching the gospel? <laughs> Nobody come to your meetings. Because you murdered everybody. <laughs> no, no, okay. <laughs> I, I need you to understand how difficult this was. That you might have done things. You're just ashamed to even show your face out in public. But maybe God has something for you. And I'm going to tell you this for a fact, that the cross was more than enough. For all the dumb things that we did, for all the things that we were so proud of that we realized later on were the worst things we could have ever done, the cross was enough. You know, Paul was proud of what he was doing. He thought he was ridding all these people for God. Mm. All right. It's for this reason, because of all of this, in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. I'm reading from the NIV here. Somebody says, which Bible do you like? All of them. <laughs> Why? Because they're good in some places and not in others. <laughs> they all make up for the, you know, not having a Greek or a Hebrew. All right, so 1 Timothy 1.15 it says in the New, Living, uh, New International Version, it says, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He didn't come to condemn them. He came to save sinners of whom I am the worst. This was in the Apostle Paul, you know, kind of that false humility. You know how somebody say, oh, I, I know, I'm not that good. And they're thinking, yes, I am. When people are saying, oh, you're so amazing. Oh, oh no, 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 don't. Oh, don't. Keep going, keep going. You, you know, we're like that. Honest again, please. Come on, okay? <laughs> and I want you, this wasn't one of those things. This is Paul from his heart saying, I was very, very, very bad. You think you were bad. 
the stuff I did to keep you up at night. And so he, say, you know, he says here, of whom I'm the worst. And the thing is, for most people, they would have stopped there. See, this is, the, this is what I wanted to get you. I want to get you past this point. If you are one of those, I'm the worst, uh, I have a few more verses for you. Okay, so hang. <laughs> right? If you are in a place where you're thinking, I don't know how God can use me because of the things I've done, hang for just a minute more. Because the Apostle Paul has just identified with you. He has said, of all the sinners, I am the worst. You think you're bad, I've done worse. Okay? And so he says in verse 16, I so like the butt. I love the butts in the Bible. They're nice butts. All right? Don't let your mind go there. Okay, so, <laughs> all right? First Timothy 1.16, he says, but, he says, for that very reason, I was shown mercy. For what reason? Because he was the worst. See, he's telling us something. Remember he said before that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. He said this is, this is something that is worth full acceptance. You really have to accept this into your heart. You need to know. You can't know it in your head. This is not going to work if it's in your head. You have to know it in your heart that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. Remember when the Pharisees got upset with him and said, Oh, what are you doing, you know, messing around with all these sinners? And Jesus said something very significant. He says, it's the sick that need a doctor, not the healed. And he was looking at those that should have been doctors who said, Oh, that's a sick person. I'm crossing the street. What is wrong with you? <laughs> you're the answer and you're walking away because bless God we're self-righteous you gotta stop that stuff amen and notice again here he says for that very reason I was shown mercy so that in me in me the worst of sinners okay he's talking about himself all right in me the worst of sinners Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience is there a time when Jesus is going to... No. He's unlimited. <laughs> okay? He's unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Wow. And he says, listen, as bad as it may seem, as much harm and damage that you might have done, he said, you're the very person that Jesus died for. You're the very person that he went on the cross for. You're the very person that he said, it is finished. It needs to be finished. You need to walk away. You need to forget that now. You need to leave it behind. It's only when you do that will you have the strength to do what comes next. If that means you have to apologize to somebody, you'll have the strength to do it because... You know God loves you because you know you're already on your way to heaven, because you know you're part of his family, and because you know regardless of what they say, you're right with God. Because that's the problem with the world. Because they don't have God, they say go apologize to somebody, and then they don't accept the apology, and it, it just hurts them even more, and then they are more damaged from that point on. Because not only have they done something bad, but now the person won't accept their apology. Do you understand where the place of God comes in now? 
you understand that we need to know that God has forgiven us? And then regardless of what other people do, we're looked after and we can do what God has called us to do and move forward in our life, not be, how can I put this, not come to a screeching halt because somebody said, I can't forgive you. And then you, you're saying to yourself, how can I go help anybody if this is the case? We, uh, this is how the devil works. I'm just, let, I'm just telling you. So after he says all of this, he, <laughs> okay, in verse 17, he bursts out uh, into praise. Of, I would too. And he, <laughs> you know, he finishes the book, but I think this is incredible. He says, now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God. See, he's just worshiping God now. Be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I would too. Do you know why that's important? Because he fully accepted God's forgiveness. And he forgave himself. He will never do that again, ever, obviously. But it's just like Jesus, you know, with the woman that was taken in adultery. After everybody wanted to judge her and he said, let the first person cast a stone that has not done anything wrong in their life. And they all walked off. And he said, I don't judge you. He said, neither do I judge you. But he said something after that. He said, go and sin no more. Amen. This is in the past. So you can keep doing your stuff. Just to let you know that you have been freed from that sin. The guilt and the shame. Now live a better life. Live a higher life. And she certainly did. Hallelujah. This is the revelation that you need if you are struggling with forgiving yourself. You need to know that those, for those who repent and are now merciful towards others, I really need you to get both of those things. For those who repent and now are merciful towards others. You remember this, the story of the servant that was forgiven by the king of a really big debt? And then... He goes and finds another servant that owed him so much less, grabs him by the throat, and forces him to pay after he has been forgiven. That was not merciful. And because he was that way, then his debt was reinstated to him, and he was judged for it. So, but if you, if that servant did something different, if that servant found the other servant, and the other servant said, oh, I'm so sorry, I know I owe you all of this, and you know, that guy's really struggling, okay? And this servant said, you know what, dude, forget about it. In fact, I'm canceling your debt. And he goes, really? He goes, hey, my debt was canceled. The least I can do is cancel yours. Give you the same freedom that I received. Wouldn't that have been a fantastic story? And that's the way it needs to be. The, the, the Apostle Paul who had done all of this wrong and been forgiven, now turns to you and says, you too can be forgiven. You've done something against me. You've been horrible against me. It's okay. I forgive you. Now you need to forgive yourself and move on. Hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat> Moving on. So I've said here again, you need to know that for those who repent and are now merciful towards others, that God himself being merciful will now be merciful towards you. Be merciful towards you. And why the apostle James says in James chapter 2, the latter half of verse 13. 
says God's mercy toward you will win over his judgment against you. If you are merciful, then that's what happens. See, can I just get an amen on this one? None of us are perfect. Please say amen. Thank you. Okay, all right. If you didn't say amen, come up after the service. I'll pray. Okay, so <laughs> but listen, you know, all of us, even the priests, mostly. Anyway, I won't go there any further, and it's going to be bad. Okay, so, but I want you to notice that God's mercy toward you will win over his judgment against you. His judgment against you, it's the law of sowing and reaping. It's not that he's mad, but there are laws in this universe. There have to be. There's, a, there's an evil spirit running around doing all kinds of things. And if there aren't laws, I tell you, it would be terrible right now. It already is bad. <laughs> you don't want it worse. Okay? But you need to understand that there is a law in this universe. And you need to understand that that's, that law demands that it's like the law of gravity. If you throw something up, it will come back down. Hello? Okay? Have you all noticed that? Have you ever thrown something up and it didn't come back down? Okay. All right. Thank you. Others like me. Okay. Anyway, all right. It's a law. But I need you to understand something. The same law also is in Galatians that says whatever you sow, you will reap. So if you sow something bad, then you will be reaping something bad. But if you are merciful, and if you've sown something bad, and you are merciful, then watch this happens. Something else kicks in. God's mercy kicks in. And yes, a harvest is coming, but he'll try to make it as little as possible and try to get you to the place where you're strong enough to handle it and do whatever is necessary for you to live through the thing and not just survive, but come out ahead. That's the miracle of God. I tell you, he can just do things, but don't you play games with him? Don't say, no, pastor said, <laughs> okay? So I'll go do some bad things, then I'll quickly repent. No, no, no. See, if I know that's not right, he knows. There won't be help for you, <laughs> okay? Don't play games. This is all about being honest, open-hearted, amen, transparent before God. All right. <sighs> this is a wonderful revelation. It, you know, this revelation brings peace to all of those who are struggling with forgiving themselves right now. I need you to understand that God's mercy will kick in, Amen. And you need to understand that you're not dealing with a vengeful, angry God. And in the Apostle Paul's case, not only had he been forgiven, but something wonderful and miraculous happened on the inside of him in the realm of the Spirit that changed everything. Now, we looked at this before, but I want to read a few more verses from the last time. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 19. How much time do I have left? We'll be done in five. Okay, yeah. Verses 17 through 19, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. I want you to notice that in Christ, you are what? A new creation. You're not an old thing. Okay, in fact, it goes on to say, all things have passed away. If all things have passed away, then should we not be forgetting those things which are behind? Amen. If they're passed away, they're gone. All right? And I'm talking about not taking responsibility for things, but not allowing them to hinder your life and stop you moving forward and doing something with your life. Because Jesus Christ has paid with his life for your life. 
So in, in a sense, it's not I that live, but Christ that now lives in me, Galatians 2.20. So it is your, his life now that you are responsible for. What are you doing with it? Amen. Moving on. Anyway, so it's <laughs> he says, he or she is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, behold. Behold means look and see. Behold is not one of those biblical words that goes, oh, behold. No, behold means, hey, wake up, look and see. Okay, he says, behold, all things, say all things, please. All things have become new. And I love the next part of verse 18. I wish they kept it together. It says, now all things are of God. They are not only new, but they're of God. Do you know why, what the significance of that is? If it is of God, it is perfect. There is nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with you. Once you got saved, what is on the inside of you is absolutely perfect. Do you understand? You need to get that revelation because others, you're not, you are not going to walk in the power that, that comes with in this earth. And he goes on to say, now, I love the rest of this. Now, listen carefully. He says, Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And watch what that ministry is. That is, verse 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, not holding their sin against them. If, listen now, here, here it comes. Listen. If we are to preach that to others, then it has to be true for us. How can we tell others that God has forgiven them of their sin, no matter how horrendous it is, if we ourselves haven't been forgiven? Amen? Do you get what's behind this? Do you see that? We are to only preach what we have experienced and share the love with others. That's why I get so mad and I have to repent. When I, <laughs> when I see those Christians, those religious things that are out there trying to beat people over the head with the Bible. Dude, live your life. Thank God for the things that are wonderful in you. People will hear that and want to know. Don't go and tell them, you have to get saved. Why? I was already saved when people, you know, when I, I was at uni, and you've heard this story, I'm going to tell you again, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and they came up and said, are you saved? And I said, yes, I am. I was really happy, and I was wanting to chat with them, and they go, how do you know? Oh, I want to hear them then. <laughs> it's like, what is wrong with you? I've just told you I'm one of you. What, do you want me to pull out my passport? <laughs> Seriously, you know, people are like that because, you know what, they're kind, they've got this conquer mentality. I want to see how many notches I can get on my belt today. I got six people saved. Were they really saved or did they just want you out of their face? <laughs> Moving on. <clears throat> so I've said here, this shows us that in order for us to tell others that God is not holding their sin against us again, that it must be true for us. And all because of what Christ did on the cross. And it is because of this revelation that he can go on to say, in second, we're all in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, we were in 5, now we're going to verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 2. He says, open your hearts. This is incredible. He says, we have wronged no one. Are you kidding me? You murdered Stephen, you dragged people out in the night. We have wronged no one? Who are you kidding? No, no, no. He, he received the truth that he was a new creation, that all the old stuff had passed away. That thing died. On the road to Damascus, it died. 
and a new Paul was born. Hallelujah. The same is true for you. This is a statement of faith. It is what's brought out in 2 Corinthians 5-7 where the Apostle Paul says, we walk by faith, not by sight. And can I add, by emotions. You can't let your emotions or any of your senses that contradict what God's Word is saying about you get in the way. Amen. We need to be people of faith. We need to, we need to trust that what God said, He will back up. And that, you know, some people are still worried if they drop dead right now that they might not make it to heaven. Have you made Jesus Lord of your life? Of course I have. But you all don't know what I did, First John 1 John 1.9. In fact, we're going to get there in a minute. You got a problem? Confess it. You're still a part of the family. You know if Sarah does something wrong, doesn't usually, so I'm using it as an example. If Sarah does something wrong, I'm not going to kick her out and say you're not part of this family. I just, I, would, I might say naughty, but we're still part of the family, but naughty. Now I got to go fix that and then we'll talk about this later. I'm not going to disown her. Why do people think God is so fickle? Because people preached it. And not, anyway. Okay. <clears throat> That's why the writer of Hebrews says, this is a faith thing, that without faith it is impossible to please God. It is only as we live by faith will we come to the place where we can say for every area of our life, according to Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14, only when we live by faith can we say, forgetting things, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of the high calling of God. So I'm going to say this to you. If you happen to be carrying around guilt and condemnation, and I'm talking to people not just here but on camera, it's time to either come to Christ, according to Romans 10, 9. It's that, that's actually where it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that you, that's, you say Jesus Christ is Lord, okay? And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's as simple as it is. All the stuff they tell you about remembering all your sins, it doesn't say that. That's religion adding to the word again. Do you hear me? The only thing you need to do is confess Jesus Christ as Lord right now. That's it. Believe that God raised him from the dead because you are not worshiping a dead God. And you'll be saved. And all of that stuff will be wiped away. Now, if you are a Christian, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> okay. Thank you, I know. Uh, it's in 1 John 1, 9. The Apostle John says, and this is, that's why he says the word we, because I thank God he included himself in this. We Christians, okay, when we mess up, what do we do? If we acknowledge, confess or acknowledge our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So while we are forgiven and cleansed, an unbeliever is recreated. So this is again what allows us to let go of the past, move forward and do as the Apostle Paul says, and that is reach forward to things which are ahead. This is the high calling of God in our lives, and we, which we should all be striving for. It is something we should all be striving for. We need to think high thoughts. We need to, to really, family, we need to be aiming high. Can we just not aim to just kind of make it through the week? I know some, well, that's just an achievement. Well, hallelujah for you for the moment. At least you're doing that, <laughs> okay? But go a little bit, little bit higher next time. Expect a little bit more of yourself. Hallelujah. And let God help you. He will. It is what allows us to live a full life and also what gives us the strength to do what God asks of us. This is the same principle that we need to follow for everything else in our life 
that we may be struggling with, such as fear. That's our inability to trust God. Failure, including faith failures. Unforgiveness, where we just can't seem to let go. You know, one thing if we did something to somebody, but what happens when they did something to us? Mm. And so on. And that is what we're going to be doing in this series, looking at each one of these things, and uh, more as the Lord leads, okay? Uh, and seeing what the Word of God says about taking the high road in all of these areas. Amen? Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your Word, and we thank you for this, for this revelation, for this insight. I thank you, Lord, that we do take it to heart. Full acceptance. I thank you, Lord, that for today, for all those people that are struggling with forgiving themselves, I thank you right now that they receive that forgiveness, not because of anything they did. In fact, it's the exact opposite. If they looked at themselves, there'd be no forgiveness, but because of what you did, God. Jesus, you died. You paid the price with your life so that we could receive that gift, receive your life, live a new life, and go, go from being problem to people to the solution and blessing to people. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen.